tell everybody that Jesus saves. Right. <laughs> but before he comes, we're going to have a selection from Mother Johnson. Yes. And after that, the next voice you will hear will be that of um, Elder Samuel K. Scudder Jr. Let's receive them in that order with a hearty amen. Amen. Thank you. 
right, mother. Praise the Lord. Praise we thank Mother Johnson for that selection. Yeah. If you've been here any amount of time, you know that one. Because that's, as we say, an oldie but goodie. And the Lord has blessed us over the years. not only enjoy the music but the message itself we're going to ask Elder Scudder if she would come into the pulpit Now y'all know what I have to go through, right? <laughs> it can be tough. <laughs> hey, thank the Lord. Let's come up front. Come on, let's sit on the front row. There is more seat. Let's see that. Come on. I wanted everyone up here uh, because, in some way or another they contributed to uh, the success of this conference or convocation. And in some cases, some people were very specific about things. I changed things at the last minute and I asked uh, for a specific type of message and within uh, less than maybe 12 hours, I guess, they were able to pull it off. Uh, and of course, um, uh, all the rest of the messages were great yes. and worthy to be praised oh, yes. for what Jesus gave them. Yes. And so we wanted to make sure uh, that we recognize and thank the Lord Jesus Christ for uh, the cookout yesterday. Yes. Uh, it, uh, the, the weather held off, and I guess some of y'all got uh, overcome with the heat, but it really wasn't that hot. That day. <laughs> it never did get to 90, I don't think. Uh, but the humidity may have been a little bit different, so uh, we do recognize that. That's, what, that's why we ran the expense of running the air condition on, uh, I think it was set on 
that one on that side over there stays cold anyway, so it just ran all day. And uh, we thank the Lord Jesus Christ for the, those who did the cooking and for those who did the serving. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ for those who put things back together so we could have service this morning. Uh, and thank the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, uh, Brother Bess and I were talking in the back back there about security. And I have two or three more cameras to put up. And I he was fussing at me because I didn't tell him I had the cameras to go up. And I was really kind of fussing at him about somebody on the property last night. And uh, to the point where the police came, 2.30 in the morning. And uh, they walked the property and with their flashlights and so on. Uh, but that's that unseen unseen help that we have. Uh, and I don't know where it came from, but one of the neighbors called the police because yeah, they saw something down here. And they came and they went through the property. In the towns that we live in, things have gotten very strange. And uh, for a fellow to walk into uh, was a Dollar General or whatever it was and shoot uh, three people did, and he had attempted to go to, to the campus of a university. And he was going to do the same thing there, but they put him out. Uh, so these things are going on. Uh, we put the cameras up in the beginning with, when it started years ago, when they were shooting churches up, particularly black churches, and burning them down. And of course, some of them some of it proved to be that the pastors were burning their own churches uh, to get their insurance money. But you can't be too careful. Uh, and then, of course, we want to recognize that uh, when our children, our children like to wander. <laughs> they like to wander. So the cameras kind of give you an understanding of where they are. Uh, especially in the case if they wander off and the police come down and say, well, do you have any surveillance cameras? And we do. And thank the Lord Jesus Christ for that. Uh, we have a couple more to go up on that. It's a blind side on this side. And uh, so for the security, your security and your property, uh, we, we do that. Uh, so... Uh, that's the disclaimer. Put it out there right there like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, we thank the Lord Jesus Christ for uh, the enthusiasm. I, I couldn't, uh, couldn't resist uh, Sister Stephanie. <laughs> uh, um, she uh, set it off the other night, and I said, well, maybe let Stephanie come back again and put some, <clears throat> like that, yeah. And of course, she did her job. She put some <clears throat> in it. And so, thank the Lord Jesus Christ for her. <laughs> uh, and uh, for the enthusiasm. 
And of course, we thank the Lord Jesus Christ for those of you who sang this morning and um, helped do the things that we were trying to accomplish. And that is for everybody to participate. And this is your church. And um, since probably, what, 2011, we saw these things happening. We were trying to put them together just like, pretty much like they are. There's probably one more piece that needs to go in there, but this is the way it's going to be for a little while, I guess. Um, and we'll come together in the conferences, and you'll, we'll see each other at least a few times a year. And as the deacon said, it's good to see folk we haven't seen in a long time. And uh, that's a good thing. Uh, and it kind of gets you to understanding of what it's going to be like when Jesus calls out his church. And now you want to make sure your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life when that happens. You don't want to be down here. Because this stuff, you think it's bad now? <laughs> I would not want to, as they say, I would not want to be you. And you can say, I did this and I did that. And yeah, and, but don't let the Lord laugh at you about what you did. Because it don't count. And I told you the other day, Jesus was not a Baptist and he wasn't a Presbyterian. He wasn't Catholic. He was holy. He said, be ye holy, for I'm holy. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And that's, that's as plain as anybody could ever put it. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, and we got some people that are former Baptists and former Presbyterians. I don't know what I was. I was somewhere in there. Methodists, Catholics, Muslims, uh, Jehovah Witness, right in this congregation who understood what that meant to be holy. He says, for I'm holy. And they came out of that darkness. And they're your witness. And they're a witness to the Lord Jesus Christ it's that he's able to save to the uttermost. And that's the theme is this year. Uh, it was an easy thing, but hard to come to and the realization of what it was. And uh, of course, Jesus beat me down many days with it. Uh, when I asked him to give me a theme, uh, I just couldn't look at it for what it was. And I said, well, this is real simple. Uh, to the uttermost, Jesus says. It's not, it's not a whole lot of rigmarole in there in that sense. But there is, when you look at it and, kind of, and you start digging into it, you'll find out what I'm talking about. And hopefully we'll kind of hit on that this morning. And what I don't get, you'll run home and say, let me see what he's talking about. And look it up. As Bishop Johnson used to say, uh, read it for yourself, for your understanding. Yes, she used to help you. Um, so let's start this morning from uh, Jeremiah, uh, chapter number 50. And we can go... Let's go back to verse number three and come down to verse number seven. For out of the north there cometh up a nation against her, which shall make her land desolate, and none shall dwell therein. 
they shall remove, they shall depart, both man and beast. In those days and in that time, saith the Lord, the children of Israel shall come, they and the children of Judah together. Going and weeping, they shall go and seek the Lord their God. They shall ask the way to Zion with their faces thither, saying, Come, and let us join ourselves to the Lord in a perpetual covenant that shall not be forgotten. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from the mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. All that found them have devoured them. Right. And their adversary said, we offend not, because they have sinned against the Lord. The habitation of justice, even the Lord, the hope of their fathers. Thank you. So we've given you the, 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 the topic and the theme to the uttermost. Jesus saves. Um, and you say, why sheep? That's, uh, could have been cattle. And it could have been horses. Um, but the writer uses sheep because he compares us to sheep. Uh, I think it was Isaiah says, all we like sheep have gone astray. <laughs> uh, and that's what we basically are. Mankind is like, a, like sheep. We don't really have uh, a purpose in that sense, and we don't really have, uh, uh, they say it's a, uh, an authority. And we're always looking for an authority over us. And so that's what sheep are. Sheep, they kind of go with the flow. And so the writer says, well, you go with the flow. This is what you are. And the Lord allowed him to look at it like that. And he gave him the message about uh, being lost. And he says that the shepherds caused him to be lost. But uh, in your lessons, you learn that can't nobody make you do. And that's, the, that's what separates us from being sheep. Uh, we have a mind. We have a mind and we have a will. And, but uh, the mind and the will gets kind of strange uh, when it comes to salvation. And we start doing whatever uh, the folk do. And the writer compares that whole idea of uh, uh, doing what people do is that we go astray and we are lost. And so he says you've lost your resting place. Right. And this is uh, this was specifically to Israel at this time, but it was in general for everybody. Uh, if you weren't if you weren't if you weren't a Jew, you didn't have no God anyway. And uh, so you forget where you're supposed to be. You're in the wrong place. And there's no peace there for you. 
And that's where you get the understanding that uh, that uh, there's something missing. Then Psalms 119 and 176 says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Uh, and he's asking the Lord to seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. You know, there was a group of people who actually did remember who Jesus was, or in, that, in the Old Testament it was Jehovah, but the idea is that they remembered what salvation looked like. Right. <laughs> and uh, we call them the remnant. But still there's a problem. They couldn't do or undo what was done, and they could not put themselves back in the hands of Jesus Christ. You know the nursery rhyme says, Humpty Dumpty. Set on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Where do you think that came from? It's an understanding that you can't save yourself. It's an understanding that all the king's men, everybody, none of us have the power to restore salvation. None of us. So we get to understanding now that we needed a savior. And we needed a savior that could actually do it. <laughs> we needed a savior that could actually conquer sin. We needed a savior who was pure. And 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 he, and he actually could walk the earth and resist the temptations and go through and do the things that were needed to be done. And in the end, when he says, Satan has nothing in me. That's a testimony. That's a testimony. Satan has nothing in me. I have done and I've experienced everything that you have experienced. I have resisted the temptation, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and I resisted the temptation of the pride of life. And Satan found nothing in me. Because Satan found nothing in me, I am able, I'm able to say to the uttermost, I'm willing to do the extreme part. I'm willing to go where no man can ever go. I'm willing to sacrifice what no man can sacrifice. He said he was qualified to do this work. Yes. And because he was qualified to do it, he, he sacrificed himself. Yes. Uh, and we, you know, you kind of take it lightly in some cases about uh, the sacrifice when God himself was the only one left in the universe who could actually pay for sin. But he had no body. He had to put himself a body together. So it says, Mary was found with child of the Holy Ghost. So he was his own father 
Because Jesus is the Father, Jesus is the Son, and he's the Holy Ghost. So Mary was found a child of the Holy Ghost. In other words, God planted himself a seed inside of Mary in order, in order to put on flesh. I heard that from a little boy that was 12 years old. <laughs> Guess what? He was a Jehovah Witness. And I, I didn't even think of it like that at the time. And he said, that. he said, can God do that? God can do anything that he wants to do. And what was required was that he had to have flesh. And because he's God, he came up with the plan of salvation. His plan. No, no man could come up with a plan. No man could imagine that part. The only thing the man could figure out was, I'm lost. I don't have a resting place, as the scripture says. I don't have a place of safety. I've lost my relationship with the very God of creation. So Jesus, in his infinite mercy, gave up his place in glory. His home in glory. I think that's what the scripture says, home in glory. Thought it not equal to be robbed, to, to be to equal with God, robbing him. Thought it robbed, okay. He didn't think nothing of leaving his home in glory. In other words, he didn't, he didn't think of anything uh, to leave a, a, a place where he had nothing to worry about. Jesus. And he and came to a place where he had to actually do that kind of work. Right. To expose himself right. to sin itself. Jesus started not robbery to do that. But he was the only one that was able to do that. The angels couldn't do it, and he could not appoint somebody else to do it. And because he was God himself, he said, I will do it. And he looked through the Old Testament scriptures and all of them say that God is going to do the work himself. The only thing is, he just didn't know who God was. He didn't know his name. And you have his name in the year 2023. You have his name. And the name represents his blood salvation, all of it. But that was a requirement from us. You know, uh, when I was looking at this, my mind went to the cross. You know, they like to put up three crosses. And, and <laughs> but it was only one Savior. And uh, the <laughs> so it would be one cross. But that whole scenario that Jesus was in the, I think he's supposed to have been in the middle, and one was on the right, and one was on the left. And I think the one fellow said, Save us. If you be the Christ. And then the other one said, oh, you, you don't understand, I guess, in one point, paraphrasing that. You don't understand what's going on. We deserve. We deserve everything that's going to happen to us. But this, 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 this one right here, he didn't do anything. But the clue I want you to get is, he said, "Remember me. Remember me." 
that gave you to understand what you have to do. It is a choice. <laughs> it's a choice. Everybody has the choice. When we put the seats out there that say that you want to be saved, it's your choice. No one makes you. <laughs> Jesus said, <laughs> Uh, he would remember him when he comes in this. He, he said, "Was it when he said today?" Be with me. Right. I'm telling you, that's the most unique experience that anybody can have in your own mind. That God tells him. God tells him. That's true. That's true. That's true. Today you're going to be with me in paradise. That's true. See, that's the testimony that you want to have. And when you receive the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, it comes to you just like that. That's true. You feel the burden of sin and all of that stuff that goes with it. It lifts right off of you. And you bear the confidence yep. of who Jesus is. That's true. That's true. I have uh, gone through the experience <coughs> of, I said it wasn't chemotherapy. I said, my wife says, she says it was one thing, and I said another. But they don't call it chemotherapy when they say Infusion. They said, and we infuse you with something. But they're infusing you with a chemical. Right. Which is chemotherapy to me. But that whole idea of someone sticking that stuff in your arm and it going straight to your, your body uh, for as the doctor says, I'm going to send that thing so deep, <laughs> uh, you won't be able to find it. Nobody else is going to find it. Uh, because there's no cure for, uh, lymph, what's it, lymph? lymphatic? There's cure for leukemia, but not this one. Chronic lymphocystic leukemia. I said, where did that stuff come from? <laughs> and they say, well, you know, he said, well, you know, it's, that, uh, it's common with, with white people. I said, white people? <laughs> white people? <laughs> that, that was my first thought. And then the second thought was, that, I said, well, you know, I do have... Uh, on, on my granny's side, <laughs> granny was, uh, they were different on that side. <laughs> you couldn't tell who was who. And you go down to the creek and they tell you, say, well, you know, that's your cousin over there. I said, my cousin, that ain't my cousin. <laughs> you, you mean them poor white folks, my cousin? That's your cousin over there. I said, oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, it comes up to the 2000. 19 or 20 or somewhere about there. The doctor says, I see something. I said, oh my goodness. And she never told me what it was. She said, go. Go to an oncologist. I said, oh my goodness. 
So I went to the oncologist, and he told me just what she said. I won't get to the point about the oncologist. They were very different before I found this guy. But anyway, he confirmed what she wouldn't say, that I had leukemia. And I said, well, I was really kind of mad with them. I said, well, you tell me what I have. Now tell me what you're going to do about it. But then nobody would ever tell me what they were going to do about it. And then finally, he said, well, this is what we're going to do. He was excited. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to do this. And, do that. and I said, okay. And I started the, the infusion. And guess what? My body was rejecting all of it. And I said, well, you know, as my body bucked, you see a horse jumping up and down and going like that? That's what my body was doing. And in my mind, I was saying, well, if this is it, this is it. Jesus. I, I've done all that Jesus would have me to do that I know of. Jesus. I said, well, you know, I, I'm confident Jesus. of where I'm going to end up. And she was trying to be the nurse, trying to hold me down. <laughs> and she would hold, and my body would go up, 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 up. And she was holding. And she was doing, she was holding. Jesus. But it wasn't, it wasn't doing no good. <laughs> then Jesus, Jesus sent somebody. Now she could have been somewhere else, but she was actually right there on the floor, right there, when it happened. And she came right in there. And she changed the formula to the point where my body could take it. Nobody else came in to do that. Jesus. And even the nurse that was working with me, she didn't know what to do. She started to panic. But here this little black lady come out that corner, and she did this and did that. And my body started settling down. And she said, just breathe. Just breathe. And I had no more problems out of the infusion. It was so successful. After the course, he says, well, you don't have to worry about that stuff no more. He said, it ain't there no more. <laughs> the leukemia is gone. I thank Jesus. Because yeah. <laughs> it. 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 it was not the infusion. <laughs> Jesus did it. If he hadn't stepped in, it would not have happened. Now, I don't know if it'll come back again, but I know right now, in this day, at this time, it's no longer there. You need a Savior. Jesus saves to the uttermost. It's nothing that he will not do to save you. You think of where you come from. I'm talking to saints now. Think of where you were before you received the Holy Ghost and how far Jesus went to save you. He did a whole lot of stuff. Yes, he did. He exposed himself to a whole lot of things. I would be ashamed to think about all the things that I made Jesus go through just to get to me. And for that, I owe him praise. I owe him thanks. 
Mother Coleman says, you can't feed him? No, I cannot feed him. You can't clothe him? No, I cannot clothe him. But I can say hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. And then we're going to close with this one little thought coming from St. Luke. You know, you say, well, you know, sometimes the saints mess up and they do things contrary to the word. And, uh, and they just don't see it. They don't see what's going on. And in the book of Luke, he says, uh, this is 15 and 4. He says, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? He says, and when he found it, he left it on his shoulders. <laughs> Rejoicing. You can be lost and you think that no one can help you. And guess what? No one can help you. Only Jesus can help you. Jesus does the heavy lifting. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is trust him. Let him do what he knows to do. Yes. He knows what you have a need for. He knows how to defeat that devil. Yes, he, he knows what sin is and he knows what to do for sin. That's who Jesus is. And then he says he takes you and he lays you across his shoulders. You don't have to do one thing. All you have to do is trust him. And let him do what he said he's going to do. And he said the next verse he said he says that when he coming home, yep. <laughs> he called together all his friends yeah. <laughs> and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Jesus looks for all of us. And he recognizes where we are in our experience with him. And what he's done for one, he'll do for the other. All we have to do is trust in him. Let him do what he says he will do. Jesus will save if you are on the save. See, that's the the part that messes us up. Because we have a choice. You know, like I said, I put the chair out there. You have a choice. And then you get you on the altar and say, well, call Jesus. You have a choice to call Jesus. People get confused about that sometimes. They say, well, they didn't do this and that and whatever. All you have to do is call Jesus. (laughs) They try to figure out how to get around it. Yep. I heard the brother this morning in Sunday school class, he said, you know, things get in your mind. Yeah. They do get in your mind. Yep. And, and he was saying about things challenging you. Well, I, 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 I talk about other things like candy and ice cream and trucks and all those kind of things. And when you're down there tearing, all that kind of stuff come up in your mind. And you got to fight through it. Fight and, 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 and guess what? You can't do it by yourself. Oh, you cannot. Yeah, Jesus will help you. That's right. And he will help you. Yes. If you have a desire for it. Yes. Whatever you have a desire for, Jesus will make it happen yes. for you. All you have to do is let him do it. Jesus. Whatever that stuff is. And it's there. I'm, I, 
He says that happens to him. I, it happens to everybody. It happened to me. But see, I was so dumb. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I, I, and I was thinking about that this morning. I said, well, when he said that, I said, well, you know, I had too much problem with any of that. I was beat down. The devil had beat me to a pulp. <laughs> I came back here uh, to a wife that I had not been with in, what, three years maybe? And she said, come on back home. Home. <laughs> it's a home. I said, oh, well. But the intention was when I came back here, I was going to take over. I was going to be the ruler of the household. She was going to knuckle under me because I was the man. <laughs> if I wanted to go out, I was going to go out. And if I wanted to go get a drink, I'm going to drink. She wasn't going to say nothing to me. Because in my house, I was going to live in my half of it and she was going to live in her half of it. And <laughs> you know, the enemy put all kind of stuff in your mind. <laughs> but that's what I had decided. And uh, all Jesus had to do was get me back here. <laughs> All he had to do was get me back here. The second thing was to get me in the church. And Bishop Johnson preached that thing. And I said, I told you, I said, well, you know, I wasn't worried about the intellect part. You know, I was, I was kind of smart. I could figure things out most of the time. And I wasn't worried about uh, Brother Hammond said I would be, uh, I would go for the, uh, huh, that would make sense part, logic. I don't even worry about that. But when he said, don't you feel it? <laughs> the Holy Ghost, don't you, don't you feel it? <laughs> I was so ashamed. I was scared to say anything. I did not feel the Holy Ghost. I didn't know that there would be such a thing as a Holy Ghost. <laughs> but when I left out of there, I told her, I said, when I get back in there, I'm going to join that church. And she said, well, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Don't tell nobody. Just do what you said you're going to do. I said, okay. And we had uh, O.C. Knight to come, and he, well, I don't know what he was preaching. I never heard a word he said. <laughs> I'm telling you, I had been beat to the pub. Beat down. So I had no buck in me. Whatever they told me to do, I did it. So when he said, to, <laughs> come put the chairs out, I, I went up and sat in the chair. And he said, you willing to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? I, yes, sir. <laughs> I had no fight. No fight whatsoever. And Bishop saw that enemy and said, well, let's, we can baptize them on, what was it, that same week, wasn't it? Or maybe a couple of days later, <laughs> on a Tuesday. And uh, that next Friday, I guess it was, uh, he baptized me. And in between the time, I think I was on the altar maybe once or twice, and they said, get down there and call Jesus. I had no buck. I had nothing left in me. I had been beat to a pulp. By the stuff out there in that world. Jesus. The things I thought I could not do, I did. Jesus. The things I did not want to do, I had no control over. Jesus. That devil had me going all kinds of ways. Jesus. 
And because he had me going all kinds of ways, he used me up. Jesus. I had nothing left. So when they said call Jesus, yeah, I'm all right. What says it? Did I fall? No, I didn't fall. <laughs> I had nothing left in me. Yeah. And I was willing to do whatever they told me to do. Right. And then today being, I didn't know anybody in the church. <laughs> Elder Williams. Now I really didn't know her. Mr. Johnson, Mother Johnson, I really didn't know them. They were, they were, they were foreign to me. And uh, a foreign person telling you what to do. <laughs> but I wanted to be saved. I wanted to have what she had. <laughs> I didn't want to be out there like that. I recognized there was something wrong in me. And I wanted to change. I'm telling you, Jesus went to the uttermost to get me. That's the way I look at it. You would say, well, you know, that stuff ain't, ain't nothing. You know, you, you weren't in jail and nothing like that. Well, no, I wasn't in jail. But for me, I was exhausted. Jesus. Everything in me was gone. Jesus. I came from California. I had a pocket full of money. Most of you couldn't even dream that high. Jesus. Pocket full of money. Then I had to go back and pay the taxes on it, but that's another whole story. <laughs> A pocket full of money. But it didn't matter about the money. It was emptiness. Yeah. There was yeah. something missing. Yeah. I was living my life without any purpose. On my way to hell. Jesus. And I had no way to get out of it. Jesus. And Jesus came along. Yep. And I did the restaurant thing. And he used to say, well, we came along. The girls in the restaurant used to say in California, said, we came along and you was just nothing. And we picked you up and you became our friend. <laughs> Jesus came along and allowed me to be his friend. Yes, he did. I was a nothing. Yep. Yep. Going nowhere. Yep. But the Lord Jesus Christ, yep. in his infinite mercy, in his uttermostness, called me out of that darkness. Yes, and for that I praise him. Yes, I can't stop praising him. Yes. You know, I don't do a whole lot. As, as my granddaughter back I said, you don't call Jesus. Oh, yeah, I do call Jesus. But I had to look at myself. <laughs> because she got, caught me off guard. She said, you don't call Jesus. I said, no, I do call Jesus. No, you don't. <laughs> but yes, I do. I call Jesus. When the Lord Jesus Christ allowed me to go through that thing with prostate cancer, yeah, I called Jesus. I got on my knees in the middle of the night. Said, this brother, don't, he, he was a little boy then. He didn't even know that thing about getting in the 3 o'clock in the morning prayer. But you get on your knees and call Jesus to the point where, yeah, you get some results. Now you don't get it the first night. You may not get it the second night. But you keep going back until you get it right. And once you get it right, you are, you're confident. You can walk in there and say, yeah, look me over. No, I, whatever you say I got, I ain't got that part of it. I know a God that was on my side. Yes. He could actually do this for me. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. <laughs> to the uttermost. To the uttermost, Jesus saves. Jesus saves. And then I praise him. And what he's done for one, 
he will do for the other. If you let him. Just give up and say, let Jesus have control. All of our services are for one in ten. And someone might say, yes, to the will of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, he will that all men be saved. You come into the knowledge of the truth. Truth is, you've got to be born again. You have to be born of the water and of the spirit. We offer you that opportunity right now. Yes. Okay.